fun to see all of you in person and most of all to just be in the presence of God together. Wasn't that a sweet? Uh, I, I love to come into the presence, but I love not to go back out of it again. You know, once you come into the presence and take time to just quiet your heart and, and, and worship him and, and sense his tangible presence, don't, don't turn the channel now. Stay right there because as you drink in his presence, it brings strength to you and glory. You know, I've known for a few weeks that I would be sharing today, and, and as I was preparing, I, you know, just kind of gather scriptures of what the direction I felt like the Lord had for me to go. And, and then last week when Suzanne Young preached, I thought she took all my scriptures. But what a powerful word that was. And I, I just, if you haven't listened to last week's message, I highly suggest that you do. It was a word fitly spoken in due season. Uh, and I know that it really ministered to you then, and it will again as you re-listen. But today, I, I feel like I'm just going to kind of continue on uh, with where she started last week. And the scripture the Lord put in my heart, and I'm just going to pray right now, that just like, Lord, you said in First Thessalonians, speaking of Paul, and you said like a devoted mother nurturing and cherishing his own children, Father, Paul was sharing with the people not only the good news of your word, but also his own life's experiences, his own, his own conquering times, Father. He, he shared, he opened up his heart and he shared. And so I pray that I can do that today with the family here at IFC, that together, Lord God, we are resetting into 2021 and we are moving in in the time of prayer and fasting and seeing things break through for this year to be demonstrations of your glory and power like never before. And I thank you for it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I, I, I'm going to kind of pick up where she left off last week with Mark 11, 23 through 25. And I think this passage clearly stops us in our tracks. I mean, uh, they're going to be putting the scriptures up for you to look at, but but I, I just think that this, this passage stops us in our tracks. We're using the combined power, uh, the forces of believing and speaking the word of God to move mountains in our lives and just gives us this pause. And he says in Mark 11, 23 through 25, before you start speaking to those mountains and using radical faith to believe, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. And I believe it's because when we are taking a stand in faith, the last thing we want to do is cut off the legs that we stand on. And unforgiveness will cut off the legs that you stand on because if we won't forgive, God won't forgive. He can't forgive. He set everything in motion with the principle of sowing and reaping. And we can't possibly get a crop of forgiveness when we sow seeds of unforgiveness. Uh, are, are we doing okay with that scripture? So I'm going to read it from here. Whenever we stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it and let it go in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings. Anybody have any of those? But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings or your shortcomings. How many of you have ever played the game of hot potato? You remember that? The biggest thing is that you want to get the hot potato out of your hands. You don't want to hold it long. You want to let it go. You want to let it go. Pass it off. 
And that's what it is with forget. You've got to let it go. got to leave it. You've got to let it drop. Don't hang on to the hot potato. It's like a hot potato. You've got to leave it. You've got to let it drop. It has always impressed me in John chapter 20. After Jesus' resurrection, he turns to breathe the Holy Spirit on his disciples to empower them to carry his message to the whole world. And he said, now, whoever sins you release, I will release. And whosoever sins you retain will be retained. I I looked up that word in it. It simply means to keep in one's memory, hold fixed. One definition even says keep imprisoned. I believe personally that by not forgiving, you can actually hold somebody fixed in their sin. You can hold someone fixed in addition, in addiction. You can hold somebody bound by anger. You can hold somebody in their sin by refusing to release and instead retaining. I believe that when you release them, you give God the open door to transform someone's life. I'm going to tell you a personal story today. In 2005, uh, some of you may remember my testimony that I, I fell 12 feet from a ladder in my garage and I, I broke my back in nine plus places and my sternum. Uh, it was a miracle that I lived and a couple of months later, my first grandchild was about to be born who had a 15th birthday yesterday. And uh, I was working so hard with my rehabilitation to get steady on my feet because even though her birth was still a couple weeks out, I had made plans within the month to fly into Boston and get to hold her for the very first time. My pastor at the time, Pastor Bob Nichols, called me one afternoon in early January and he asked if I planned to come to church that night. I'd only been back a couple of times on the walker, uh, but he offered me an opportunity that night to share um, a thanks with the congregation who had, you know, obviously been praying for my recovery. They had been, you know, bringing meals to my home. They'd been serving with hands-on help every day. Someone would come to my home and, and help in whatever way I needed them. So he just wanted to give me that opportunity. And so it was still a really major feat for me to get out and do that, to get showered, to get dressed, to get in the car, on the walker, look presentable for church. I did it, but I was exhausted by the time I got there. And uh, I got in that night, and I was able to thank everyone. But on the drive home, we came to an intersection and red light, so we stopped just a couple miles from our home. And as it turned green, we just eased into the intersection. Out of nowhere, a truck came barreling through the intersection and slammed into the passenger side of the front seat where I was sitting and slammed my already fractured body against the door, re-injuring every place that had been healing. Again, the sounds and lights of the ambulance were going, the sirens were going on the scene. And again, I endured a rough ride to the hospital with escalating pain. And within an hour, I was back on morphine. The accident was a hit and run, but the driver behind him had followed the car and alerted police. And the driver was stopped and arrested eight miles away as he continued to speed down the highway. I learned then, as I have continued to learn through the years, that forgiveness is not a feeling, but it's a choice. I was so And I was in such pain. And when the police called me to ask if I wanted to press charges and release this man or retain him in jail, I was in no frame of mind to let him go. 
two days later, he called again. He informed me that the passenger in the vehicle was the man's wife. She was eight months pregnant. She didn't speak English. He had no driver's license or insurance, and the vehicle was borrowed. As difficult as life was for me in that moment, I realized it was really difficult for them, too. They had created their own problems, but I wasn't the judge. I thought all about all the days before God rescued me from sin that I had driven while I was drugged or drinking, all the times that I could have, all the things that could have happened, and I realized what mercy God had shown to me. Undeserved mercy, but nevertheless mine. I chose to forgive that man, to release him and not retain or hold him in jail anymore, but Amazingly, though I know nothing about what happened to him after that day, that I released him to go free, I was the one that was set free. <laughs> Many times I've thought about that woman who washed and dried Jesus' feet with her hair, pouring perfume over them, and in Luke 7, 47, the Message Bible, it reads like this. Do you see this woman? I came into your home and you provided no water for my feet. But she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quit kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Impressive, isn't it? She was forgiven many, many sins. So she is very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. I hope I never forget how much forgiveness God has extended to me. I hope I never decide that it's my job to stand as the accuser because siding with Satan, the accuser of the brethren, is not my job. I'm so glad that I can't convict or convince, but the Holy Spirit does a really good job of that with people's lives. The famous chapter on fasting, Isaiah 58, reminds us that this is not the fast that God chose, not for strife, not for debate. He goes on to say that if we will remove ourselves from pointing fingers and any form of false or harsh or unjust or wicked speaking, that God will turn the tide. And this powerful weapon of fasting will cause even ancient ruins to be rebuilt. He will raise up foundations, even in our nation. And we will be called repairers of the breach, restorers. Isn't it interesting that the word for the year is restoration? And that's a powerful tool that we've been given with fasting and prayer. Maybe that's why there's such a parallel with getting rid of breads and sweets or whatever form of fasting you're doing that always involves some form of denying your flesh because it's so important that we stop feeding on opinions or judgments or all the negative thoughts about what, what somebody else should be doing and just deal with our own stuff. And in your own heart, if your own heart condemns you not, you can have peace with God. And how desperately we need peace right now. You don't have to wait for somebody's approval of you, but you do need to be pressing in to please God. And his promises are to help you if you get into his word. He even says that his word is alive and active and full of power. It's operative and effectual. It will begin a work in you that he will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. And if you allow the word in you, it will keep on energizing and creating in you the power, the will, and the desire to do of his good pleasure. 
So this is not a white knuckle. I got to get my act together. This is letting God's word be at work within our lives. That's why we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, casting all of our care over on him. Pride says, I can do this. I can change. I can fix it. I can make the difference. But humility admits, I need you, God. I recognize I'm weak, but you are the strength of my life. You are my portion. I desire your word as if it were necessary food. I can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And morning by morning, you awaken me as a disciple to hear, a follower, to listen. I'm not leading. I'm following. He's the leader. I'm not in charge. I'm yielding to the greater one. And I'm wanting you and asking you to shine a light on my path that will be, get brighter and brighter and clearer and clearer. I'll, I choose to go your way and not my own way. I will stay vitally united for, with the vine knowing that apart from you, I can do nothing. But if I'm vitally united to you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Plants grow toward the light. With just one declaration in the book of Genesis saying, let there be light. Light is still penetrating darkness. He never had to say it again. He said, let there be light and light continues to penetrate the darkness. Truth would be our shield and our buckler. It's time to buckle up. We've got to buckle up with truth. We've got to put that helmet on to guard our thoughts and, and be using our armor, protecting our thought life. We've got to make sure that we've got the shield there protecting our hearts and that we're, making, we're keeping clear from all the fiery darts that so easily assail us. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. We are never to fight against flesh and blood but to fight a good fight of faith. And believe me, that's a fight in itself, isn't it? Just to stay in faith. The first of the year of 2020, God had told me, stay above the fray. I learned last year more than any other year in my life that the only way that I could stay above the fray was to allow the Holy Spirit my helper to pray in and through me so that I would rise like an edifice. Jude talks about it. It says, praying in the spirit, you will rise like an edifice. You get up above the circumstances. You get up above the fray. You're risen up and you stand strong. And then verse 21 that we so seldom quote says, keeping yourself in the love of God. I'll tell you what, staying above the fray, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God. That can be a challenge, but you sure don't put your confidence and your eloquence in prayer, your determination in prayer, the loudness of your prayers, or what diet you're doing for fasting and prayer. Amen? The Word has the power in it. And so we have to put our confidence in the power of God's Word. Even when you can't see it, He's working. Even when you can't feel it, He's working. Keep holding the door open in prayer for God's glory in these days like never before. This week I was reading Psalms 84. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. And the message says to, then to lie on Greek island beaches. You know, I was scheduled to be in Turks and Caicos this week. And I was trying to digest that, that promise and say, Lord, I'd rather be a doorkeeper 
because I just felt like it's time to hold the line in our nation. It's not time to go off and lay on a beach. It's time to pray. It's time to set our faces like flint. And so I had to make that determination, and it's in my heart. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. There was a day that I would rather get in the pulpit and preach, but honestly, I can tell you, I would rather be a doorkeeper at this time. I would rather pull curtains if necessary. I would rather stay behind the scenes and pray things through than be up preaching even, as much as I love that. But God's asking us to hold a place in prayer. Prayer's not something you just do. It's someone you are. A prayer is who you are. It's not an activity that you do. It's who you are. Big tech can shut down your voice on social media, but nobody can shut down your voice in prayer. God hears the cries of your heart, and it's not even what you just say with your mouth. As a matter of fact, God will even hear your wordless sighs and your aching groans. And Romans 8, 26 says, He comes alongside of you in your weakness, in your inability to produce. Anybody felt that? Your inability to produce to change things or to fix things. But the Holy Spirit will be your helper and he will pray in and through you the perfect will of God. And then he says, you can be assured of this very thing if you yield and pray in the Spirit, by the Spirit, with the power of the Spirit, not just with your own understanding. His promise is that he will take all the stuff that's not so good right now and he will take it and he will work it for good. He will work it like you need bread, you know? He just works it. He works it. He works it like he's working out the salvation on the inside of you. It's a work of the Spirit. And you can work alongside the Holy Spirit. He comes alongside you and works with you to see things redempted, to see things redeemed, and to see the redemptive plan of God. Prayer is God's invitation to invoke the creator of the universe in your everyday struggles and concerns. It takes humility. And he says in 1 Peter 5, 7, that we must humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, casting all of our cares over on him. And by humility, he's not talking about some outward show of sackcloth and ashes. As mean, he actually admonishes us that in seasons of fasting that we're not to look so forlorn or act like we're so deprived but instead we're to get up, wash up, comb our hair, be engaged, get out there, praying, giving, blessing, pouring out that which you sustain your own life with. Pour out to others what you are sustaining your life. If you're sustained by the word of God, then this is a season to pour it out. Just pour out that with which you sustain your life. And then he promises that you will be satisfied. You'll be like a watered garden. And you won't get dried out. You won't fail to, to produce. You yourself will be watered. And when you pray, God says in Luke 10, verses 10 through 13, 11, excuse me, Luke 11, 10 through 13, don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your little boy asks you for a serving of fish, do you, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? If your little girl asks you for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're decent to your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give you the Holy Spirit when you ask Him? The Holy Spirit's a helper. He's a guide into all the truth, a comforter. And you shouldn't be doing life without Him. 
Don't lean to your own understanding. Keep acknowledging God in all of your ways and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. But he said, even with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, there will be a refreshing. There will be a refreshing. I found refreshing this week and I'm not on a beach in the sunshine, but I found refreshing with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, that refreshing. I'll tell you what. He said he will keep our heart and mind in perfect peace as it stayed on him. And he promises in Isaiah 26, verse 3, that the knowledge of the Lord shall be the stability of our times. Amen? There remains a rest for the people of God. And he said there remains a rest for those who will cease from the striving of their own human labors and trust in him. Trust in him. And as we trust, he said, he said that this word that's alive and active and full of power will bring you into a place of rest. Because when you're taking hold with his word and you're sending his word forth to heal and to deliver and to mend and to restore, it's going to be working such a work that you can sit and rest because you put the word to work. Amen? There have been three things that the Lord has really spoken to me about my part in his plan. You know, we all have a part. We can't do God's part, and he can't do our part. And he spoke to me, and he said, this year I want you to, number one, let your light shine. I'm going to get out little props here. And uh, this is a pretty powerful little light, if it works. I guess it would have to be darker in here, but, you know. Let your light shine. He said, you are called to let your light shine. As a matter of fact, he said, you are to shine as a bright light in a dark and a perverse world holding out the word of life. It doesn't take much if they were to click off the lights right now. It wouldn't take much for this to show up in this room and be very bright. It doesn't take a lot of light to dispel darkness, but it does take light. And he said, I've called you to be a light in the dark and first world. And he said, don't put your light under a bucket. Don't hide it. Don't hide your light. Don't say, well, I've got light, but I'm just going to keep it hidden. I mean, I do believe in God and I do believe in that He's working a plan, but I'm going to keep it hidden because I don't want to let my light shine. I don't want anybody to know where I stand. So he said, first of all, be a light. And then he told me, he said, I want you to season all of your words, all of your conversations, anything you post on social media, anything you send in the email, use salt. He said, just take some salt on all your words. He said, because salt is a preserver. He said, all your words should be seasoned, as it were, with salt. They should be gracious. They should be winsome. They shouldn't be harsh. They shouldn't be difficult. Salt your words. Salt his word. Take his word and share it with some salt on it. Be gracious with it. Don't use it to bang people in the head. You know, use it, use it to encourage people. This is the word. It's alive. It's active. It's full of power. It'll help you. It'll change your life. And then finally, he just said, you know what? In 2 Corinthians 2.14, says, spread the fragrance. But thanks be to God, <laughs> who in Christ always causes us to triumph. And as trophies of Christ's victory, and through us, spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. For we are a sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales into God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. 
So I got challenged, and I'm challenging you today. Be a bright light in a dark and perverse world. You know, when I came to the Lord and I came into the church, I saw the difference the people in the church were. They were so different from the world that I lived in. They shine as bright lights. From the very first night that I was born again on December 31st, 1971, I went to my first young people's event at the University of Rochester in upstate New York. And those young people were so full of light. They were so bright. They were so embracing. They were so loving. They were so kind to me. And I remember that night when they took a hold of my hand and and we stood in a circle and prayed. I had never experienced the tangible presence of God until that night. And I didn't know what this was, but it was the highest high I had ever known. It was a presence and something so tangible just from their touch. Share the word of God with seasoning. The truth can be pretty rough sometimes. And the Holy Spirit is designed to, you know, part of his job is to convict us and convince us of our sins. So he can say things to you that nobody else can say. And I would much rather hear it from God than I would anybody else. He can get real direct with me, and I'm really thankful that he speaks truth to my heart. But you know what? He's never spoken the truth to me without hope. He's never just, you know, lamblasted me for something that I did and never seasoned it with salt. He always puts seasoning on it. He always makes it tasty. He always entreats me to want to be more like him. And I want to do that for people. I don't want to just blast people with truth. I want, I want to share the good news, but I want to share my own life as well. I want to admit that I've got weaknesses too. And that I'm, I'm seeing the hand of God working in my life and I want that hand to work in them. And then I want, when I leave, I, I'm sensitive to, to scents so I can't wear a lot of perfume so I don't think people will know me by my perfume. But I found this little uh, spa thing that I use at home and I've enjoyed the scent of it and I realize that after it's been sprayed in a room and I walk back in, it's just a light fragrance and it's just a fresh fragrance. And I want to be that, a breath of fresh air to people, don't you? I want them to have been in my presence and know they've been in God's presence. And as we reset into this new year, and as we've set our faces like Flint to pray and to fast and to to seek the Lord and to get, get His truth as a reality for us, I'm just encouraging you, treat unforgiveness like a hot potato. Just get it out of your hands. Leave it. Let it drop. Because every day there are opportunities. And and that's why I believe with the Lord's prayer that he said to us, Lord, today I forgive. I mean, he had, you can do that before you get out of bed in the morning. You say, but I haven't had anybody to forgive yet. Oh, you will. You will. Just make the decision because it is a choice. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a feeling. You don't have to wait until you confront something that offends you during the day and then decide. Just decide before you ever move out of your house out of your bed. Today, if anything offends me, if anything comes crosswise with me, if I want to give my opinion, I'm just going to choose right now to put a pin in my opinion 
and I'm going to just keep walking in love. I'm going to keep myself built up in my most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, keeping myself in the love of God, because you know what that verse finishes with? It says, on some, you will make a difference. You know what? We may not make a difference in everybody we come in contact with, but on some, we will. And I pray that if you haven't experienced that kind of forgiveness yet in your life, that forgiveness that has let go of your sin, has let go of your shortcomings. There is a God who dropped it like a hot potato and will drop it just as soon as you will come to him and say, God, forgive me. I have shortcomings. I have sinned. I haven't acknowledged you and your power and your love for me. But today I want to do that. I want to open my heart to you and I, I want to be forgiven. And I, I want to take the step of forgiving others. I don't want to hold all this anger on the inside of me, all this unforgiveness on the inside of me. I want to be free. As he sets you free, you can walk in freedom. And then calling out to him, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoken with other tongues, you need that tool. You need that weapon of warfare. It's not carnal. It's mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. And you can receive that today. As the service closes, we're going to give opportunity for you to be prayed for in rooms here at the church. But I just want you right now just to acknowledge where you are. Say, I need prayer today. I need prayer today in those areas. I, want, I, I need to receive Christ. Anybody in here that has never received Christ, you've come today with a friend and you've never experienced the forgiveness of Christ. Anybody in the room? Just want to make things right. All right? How many of you have wanted to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, but you've never, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've heard about it, but you, you haven't partaken of it yet. And you're realizing that without His power, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't, you can't pray effectively. You need more of that. All right. Well, then right now, let's all pray this prayer. Let's just pray together as we close today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want everything. I want to know you as the Lord of my life. I want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit to empower me in prayer. And I thank you, Father, that you're that when I ask for it, you give it to me. You don't play a cat and mouse game with me. You give liberally. And so, Father, I am a receiver today. I receive the gift of a Savior. And I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that I will continue to grow and to know how to utilize the power you've given me that at the mention of your name, at the mention of your name, oh, Father, I come right now as I pray for this congregation, Lord. At the mention of your name, I just pray for breakthroughs all over this house. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will move among us in this month, in this time, Father God, that we've set apart to seek you, that clarity will come, that healing will spring forth speedily, that guidance will break through as light from the darkness, that healing and mending and restoring happens, Father God, because of the power of prayer coupled with fasting. 
I thank you, Lord. You said what we've done in secret, you will reward in the open. You hear every cry that comes from our heart, Father, and every aching groan, every wordless sigh. You hear, and no one can silence our voice. And so thank you, Father God, for the relationship that you've given us with you. And your spirit will not hide. The anointing will come like the dawning of the sun. You will come upon each household as they pray. You will come and you will have some things to say. You will give them answers to questions that have been lingering in their minds. You will never be late. You'll always be on time. And so prese que te bro sambrande que hambo and sombrengi sambrati que hey e dostinglainu simarini. And so we continue to press into you. We continue to listen and do what you say do. We will follow your voice and we will make the right choice, Lord. We will listen and we will obey. We will go the way of the Spirit from this very day. And we expect to see and to stay above the fray. Give us your heavenly perspective of things, Father. Give us your heavenly perspective. Help us to see things as you see and begin to call those things that be not as if they already are. To declare the end from the beginning and to watch your hand perform. You said as we declare and decree, you shall establish it and it shall be. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah.